On this week's NFV SDN Reality Check, we'll talk with InfoVista about a five-step guide to manage service assurance before deploying NFV and SDN, and speak with Abbasi on the role of service orchestration. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Thanks for joining us on this week's NFV SDN Reality Check. I'm your host, Dan Meyer, Editor-in-Chief of RCR Wireless News. With virtualization becoming an increasingly important aspect of telecom network planning, carriers and vendors are working feverishly on plans and products to take advantage of the potential efficiencies embedded in technologies such as NFE, SDN, and cloud. But before that potential can be realized, challenges will need to be overcome. Today, I'm joined by Cyril Dassault, who is the head of service assurance at InfoVista, to talk about some steps telecom operators can take in order to lessen those challenges. Cyril, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me on the show. Great. So, thanks so much. So maybe we'll start off with, obviously, you know, this NFV, SDN, virtualization uh, world that we're coming into for the telecom space. Seems like a lot of challenges are ahead for these operators. Maybe you touch a bit on maybe what you guys see at InfoVista there as maybe some of the bigger challenges uh, operators are probably going to face as they kind of make this new move towards this new, this new virtualization world. Sure, yeah. So what we can say, we, we sort of all know the benefits of NFV and SDN. And uh, so operators really want to accelerate the time to market and they want as well to reduce their costs through automation. But when they really want to adopt the technology, they're facing three main challenges. Uh, we think that the first thing is that they are losing visibility when they're virtualizing their network. But at the end of the day, their NOC or SOC uh, engineers do not care that the that the functions are physical or virtual, and they really need systems that give them to the ability to understand the service chain and all the elements that are supporting their services and their customers. And that's that's visibility going actually into the network itself, like you know analytics and things like that. I'm guessing. Yes. Yes. Okay. Correct. Got it. Okay. All right. So the, the the second challenge that that we see is the fact that um, we're introducing some new technology in the network, and we're introducing an, an IT stack in the network. And that drives some organizational changes. So either everyone has to learn those new technology, or maybe IT has to offer workload to the network as a as a service. And that's uh, that, that changes things. And and so what we hear from our customers is that they need to ensure that uh, basically they're giving their engineers some new tools, or they're teaching them how to manage those technologies. Yeah, that's something too. I know I've talked to some operators and that's what they've said a lot is the fact that this is a huge organizational change. This isn't just like a technology revolution. It's an organizational revolution for these companies and they really need to, to, to attack that. So that's a good point there, yeah. And the, 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 the last point I think is the fact that all the different components that we are now introducing in the network, they have to work together to interoperate. And so uh, here in that context, we need standards and those standards do not really exist. So you've got the service assurance platform uh, that needs to communicate with an orchestrator or, or, or an SDN controller. And so in order to do that, you need API, you need information models. And here the industry is working in, in defining those and it's not yet there. And yeah. I, I, we see that that's the, the sort of big challenge and that those three challenges to us, buyers to adoption, while at the end of the day, everyone understands the benefits, everyone wants to uh, head there, see the vision, uh, and, and we're going to, CSPs are going to adopt those technologies. It, it's, there are so much benefits for it. Yeah, yeah that, make, that makes sense. Makes sense. Well, now let's go through, I guess, some of those, the, those five steps you guys are going to talk about uh, in terms of making sure that, because obviously the service assurance aspect of this is an important part because, you know, operators don't want to lose 
their current legacy service assurance issues. I mean, that, you know, obviously these networks are working pretty well today. Uh, and this move towards virtualization is a, is a big move. So yeah, maybe touch, I guess, in some of these five steps you guys see, you know, th that these operators can, can I guess, look forward to or kind of follow in terms of this move towards virtualization. Sure, yeah, and I agree with you, it's, it's really important. If we are not able to manage the transition, uh, they're not gonna be able to leverage those technology and to, to fully use them. So um, the first step that we see is, is quite simple at the end, it's being able to manage those virtual functions. At the end of the day, even if they're losing visibility, we can give them the ability to manage those functions. We're going to get some intelligence through the NMS or the OSS that they, that they have or directly to the function. And they need to make sure that their existing system are able to uh, visualize the performance of those functions. So, so like a management, basic, a management level, make sure they've got enough, enough insight. Okay, makes sense. Okay. The, the, the second step is really now to manage that new Tenco cloud that they have introduced in their network. And here, those new virtualization technology, um, they, they need to ensure that the platform that support the virtual function will, will work properly. The thing is, usually CSPs are, like to go with several vendors. They're never going to choose one. And we're going to have various telco cloud in different parts of the network. So they really need an overarching platform. That's why the OSS has been built in, in, in the past. And so that OSS need as well to be able to manage those various telco clouds from multiple vendors, because it's just another layer of the of the technology that are supporting the service. Yeah, that's a good point too, because it does seem like you're, I mean, obviously these vendors or these carriers are used to work with multiple vendors and virtualization, you know, it, I guess it, things would be smoother if it was one vendor, but that's not gonna be the case. And so you're right, it has to make sure that these things can, can talk together. So yeah, it's, that's another another great point there, okay. And so when, when those platforms are, are in place, you need to scale. Uh, at the end of the day, those virtual functions, they come as well from different vendors. Uh, they have different capabilities. They have a, a load that they cannot exceed. And so the orchestrator, even if it's the role of the orchestrator, the orchestrator needs to ensure that he has the, the proper network intelligence in order to be able to make decision to when to scale up down a function or when to move a function from one platform to, to another. Got it, okay, all right, makes sense, okay. So we, while CSPs are adopting either NAV or SDN at a different pace, we believe that NAV will be introduced first in, in, in many cases because it's, it's easier to introduce it in, in, in the network. Yet, when they're ready to make their network more dynamic and they're gonna use SDN controllers, those NDN controllers will be or are introduced in specific domains. At the end of the day, we're not going to have like a big brain that's going to manage everything. We're going to have multiple SDN controllers and they're going to make local decisions. And so in order for them to make the best local decisions, they're going to have to do it in the context of the performance of the end-to-end -end service that, that those CSPs, so wireless provider or wireline providers are offering to their end customers. And so at the end of the day, we believe that here as well, the, the interoperability between service assurance and the controller are going to be key in order to ensure the service quality. And, and therefore, those controllers uh, will need to take into consideration the end-to-end -end metrics that CSPs and MNOs are now collecting to assure the quality of service. Yeah. yeah, okay. And this seems like, I mean, these are getting huge challenges because you know this is the new technology. I mean, I know a lot of companies like yourselves have been working in this space for a while, so are pretty familiar with it. But for a lot of telecom operators, uh, this is going to be a huge, a huge change for them in the way they're, they're doing things. And uh, I obviously there's going to be a trust factor involved too, because, you know, again, telecom operators are, are fairly conservative 
uh, historically and, and making big changes. And so this is gonna this is gonna be a big change for those guys. I'm sure you guys are seeing probably a lot of uh, questions from your from your uh, from your customers on how this is all gonna play out and having that long range view of how this is all gonna play out in, in their networks. Yeah, it is. It is. It is uh, definitely a huge change. But as well, I think that they they sort of have no choice. They need to make their network more dynamic and they need to innovate and launch new services. And that's also a big opportunity for them. So it has become strategic and we can see that everyone is uh, thinking about moving moving forward. It, it's yeah. going to take some time for, for, for some, but it will happen. Yeah, and I guess that's, I think that's the thing too. I mean, there, again, there's been a lot of talk over the past 12 to 18 months on this topic. So it seems like that, you know, that it's moving rel relatively rapidly. But uh, you know this orchestration layer and this the service assurance aspect; those are things that uh, seem like are going to take a while to really iron out because, uh, again, to, to kind of you know let those things kind of be automated and work on their own. Uh, that's that's a, a big a big move for these guys. So I'm guessing you know you guys are working probably pretty feverishly there at ensuring that these that these steps are are in place and the technology is really ready to to manage what's what's going to be happening in these networks. Yeah, and I think in 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 order to make it happen. Um, the organizations such as the TMF or the MEF are, are playing a very important role and by defini defining the standards. Because as you said, there's a lot of different components and all those components have to work together. And so uh, that's as well what at, at InfoVista that is what we are doing. And so we've done several catalysts and we're gonna present as well another catalyst at TMF uh, in June. Yeah. We're working with uh, Oracle there and to demonstrate the full life cycle of assurance and orchestration of uh, dynamic services. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm going to be attending that event there in, in Nice uh, in a couple of months here. And yeah, I mean, I know that Catalyst pro the Catalyst program that team of the TM Form is doing does seem to be helping quite a bit. I mean, it seems like it's bringing a lot of companies together uh, to kind of really work on some of these issues. Uh, it sounds like you guys are going to be doing quite a bit there. So again, I mean, how 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 helpful do you find that you know these kind of uh, working groups are in terms of kind of making sure this all kind of works works on, on the actual deployment uh, level of, of for, for operators. It is, it is really useful actually, because at the end of the day, we have to work like various vendor and that's the industry that has to crack the problem. Um, CSPs know that they had to change things and, and, and through the, uh, basically the manual architecture and what the HC has been doing, they've asked vendors to align and to provide them technology that will then give them the ability to, to, to virtualize their network. And at the end of the day, NFV uh, orchestrator, that the controllers, the service assurance player, all have to work together to make it happen. And, and that can be done thanks to organizations such as the TMF. So we yeah. look forward to, to, and we're working with them hand to hand to make it happen. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I have to make sure that once I'm at the event, I'll have to check you guys down and get some some insight there on what you guys are doing. Maybe get some video of, of how you guys are working with them too, because that sounds like be pretty interesting. Again, this is a, a big topic for the industry. I know a lot of work is being done on it. Obviously you guys are doing quite a bit there too. Uh, it's it's a whole new world out there, really. I mean, this virtualization move is is uh, going to be fun. Obviously, from the outside looking in to watch, I'm sure on the inside doing all the work there, uh, probably a lot of sleepless nights for you guys. But uh, uh, I guess that's part of the the whole migration thing. So, Lai uh, Surreal, we definitely appreciate uh, the great insight today on this. Thanks so much for kind of walking us through some of those challenges. I mean, obviously, again, this is a lot going on for operators. Uh, it sounds like you guys are doing quite a bit there on, on the process. So, we, uh, thanks again for the for the insight today, and hopefully, we we'll talk again soon. Welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, that thats great. Right. Great. Well, again, Cyril, thanks for, for the insight today. So, well, while keeping on the uh, virtualization topic, I recently had the chance to speak with uh, Matei Pergen, who's the uh, CEO at Avasi, which focuses on quality of experience solutions targeting video delivery, 
to telecom providers about how the company views the benefits and challenges for operators moving towards virtualized platforms. First, Matei provided some insight on the virtualization challenges he sees for telecom operators going forward. Oh, um, I've heard people say that, uh, you know, hey, look at what Google and Facebook have done with, you know, their virtualized data centers and, and the benefits they're getting from that and, and therefore shouldn't carrier uh, service providers be doing this as well and, and reaping those benefits. But I think the thing that people always uh, um, forget is that, uh, you know, Google and Facebook and those types of companies are, are, you know, in their DNA software engineering companies and service providers are not necessarily, although, you know, they are trying to build some of those capabilities. And what, um, you know, what is always the challenge when you're, you know, building up software, uh, complex software projects is discerning at the early stages, you know, where the real business value is going to be and, and which part you can outsource and which parts you should keep and, and th those kinds of things. And I think, you know, um, you know, service providers have traditionally not been good at that. And it, it'll be, it's going to be interesting how they develop those capabilities. And, um, you know, uh, because, because whoever figures that out first is, is going to be in a better position from a commercial standpoint. And so that, that's the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of keeping an eye on. You know, how does that sort of, um, how does that ecosystem evolve? Because, um, you know, is it going to be the, the service providers who build up those capabilities fast enough and reap the benefits of NFBSDN? Or is it going to be the vendors that really reap the benefits? Um, and, and, and so that, that's going to be an interesting question. I'm not sure there's, there's an answer to that question yet. So. Matei also touched on the challenges mobile operators face in trying to decide when to launch virtualized products and the role of service orchestration in those launch plans. A challenge and the question is going to be when, you know, when do service providers start sort of cap and shifting their old architecture and start really investing in, in, in the new stuff. And to some degree, the new stuff has to be kind of, you know, proven and, and working at some point. And, you know, one of those questions is, is it going to be, you know, cause, cause the thing I'm hearing is, you know, perhaps what drives the new architecture is more new applications like IOT and things like that. Yeah. Not necessarily that you would do a hard switch on, you know, the uh, entire production network and you just start moving it from one, you know, from the old world to the new world, but maybe, uh, you know, letting some new um, sort of some new services, new applications sort of drive that, which could be then, you know, a much slower transition process yeah. versus just sort of saying, okay, I've got, I'm taking out Gen 2, putting in Gen 3, and it's going to be kind of over a few months. I, I don't think I see anybody um, uh, moving in that aggressively in terms of the service providers. Uh, but certainly um, people kind of looking for new applications to drive adoption over time. That seems to be kind of the, uh, the, uh, the approach. And then the, the question becomes, you know, which areas and which applications will be, will be transformed uh, sooner than later. Um, so that, that becomes probably the, the key question in my, my view. For more on the interview, including insight into the importance of partnerships between vendors, challenges in terms of standards and the boost that telecom operators are providing to the vendor community, check out the RCR TV site. Well, that'll do it for this week's NFESDN Reality Check. I want to again thank my guests, Cyril Dussault and Matei Pergen for providing great insight today. Also, if you have any suggestions for the show, please let me know at dmeyer, that's D-M-E-Y-E-R, at rcrwireless.com. I always enjoy all suggestions. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Meyer, that's M-E-Y-E-R underscore Dan, D-A-N, uh, for some insight there. Every, every once in a while, I like to post something there. But again, thanks again for watching the show this week and make sure to check us out again next week.